didn't know if I wanted to be simple or over-the-top fashion. You know, there's designers like Ralph and Rose Rousseau and even Vera Wang, who I wore, who do really extravagant dresses and, you know, all of the fashion. And I wanted Vivian Westwood and I, I wanted all of this fashion. And at the same time, I also wanted to be, like, really elegant and really minimal. So I just got really torn between... Um, doing something that was super fashion and then something that was really timeless and romantic and very wedding vibe. This episode of the You and Me podcast is brought to you by The Bridal Journey and Wonderlust Creative. This episode spotlights a gorgeous real bride and the process that she's undertaken to plan her dream wedding. I'm Laura from Wonderlust Creative, a bespoke wedding and event planning company that specializes in creating unique and personal events. And I am joined by Andy, owner of The Bridal Journey, a premium wedding blog and research platform, the best go-to for all your wedding inspiration. Today on the show, we have international celebrity stylist, Danny Michelle, who counts Kourtney Kardashian, Miguel and Kristen Cavallari as clients in her everyday life. Her incredible wedding to fashion photographer Ian Morrison was held in picturesque Santa Monica with a sweeping, fresh, garden-inspired florals and four dress changes. We really can't wait for this episode, so here she is. Let's dive on in. So, Danny, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on the You and Me podcast. Uh, we're super excited to have you in today. It is... Um, your wedding is definitely one that has been um, at the forefront of our minds for quite a while. It was so, so beautiful. So um, we're really happy to have you on board. Thank you. Thank you. It's so exciting to like relive all of this. So I can't wait to really dive into it all. Oh, so good. So tell us for our listeners, tell us a little bit about, um, you know, who you are and, and what you do. So I am a fashion stylist living in Los Angeles, um, which put a lot of pressure on finding the right dress because, you know, everyone, once you said that I, I once I said I was engaged, was like, well, what's your dress going to be? And it put this like pressure on me, I felt the whole time, which I think is why I had so many dresses and why I tried on dresses for so long because you just, I really didn't know what I wanted the answer to be. So um, to preface it, I'm a stylist, and I think that is why my wedding um, had so much fashion attention. And so, and so you are a fashion stylist in LA. You have just been a part of the launch of the Kylie and Kendall new campaign for Kylie Cosmetics as well. I have seen that recently on your Instagram. How was that? Oh, I just posted it. Um, it's funny, you know, with everything being in quarantine. I mean, we shot that absolutely forever ago. And so it's really exciting to have, you know, fun projects that we did before, you know, we all began this isolation and to kind of relive the magic that we were making. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And so um, tell us a little bit about how you met your partner, Ian, is it? Yes. I was um, just getting out of a relationship and I was on a first date with this like really gorgeous Italian man and he had me 
he picked me up on a motorcycle and we showed up at a dinner party on this like first date and Ian was actually there on a second date with a girl. And when Ian saw me get off the motorcycle, he looked at a friend and said, I want a woman like that one day. And we met that night, but we both stayed dating. I dated the, the Italian man for about a year and he dated that same girl for a year. And we would have these little meets every few months at mutual friends events because he's a photographer and at fashion things we would meet. But it took us about a year to like confess our feelings and, and leave who we were with to be together. It, um, it all sounds like a bit of a episode out of Sex in the City, getting off the motorcycle. Can relive the details. And there's so many like things that happened leading up into that year. And like to the point of me telling my best friend, I was like, I'm in love with this guy. I'm in love with him. She was like, but your boyfriend now is great. Like, don't like, why would you ever like leave him? He's so wonderful. I didn't even know Ian. I, you know, this was before Instagram. He didn't really have anything on Facebook. And um, I only had these really short meets with him, but I like, I remember telling her like, I'm in love with him. That's crazy. I think you kind of just know though, right? Like it's one of those things where, I don't know, the stars have got to align to make it work, but when it does. Yeah, there were so many, like I could do a whole podcast alone on our love story. I always joke that we're going to like sit in front of a video camera and like record the whole thing for our kids because it's a crazy story of serendipity and, you know, magic that I always tell friends, like we even broke up for almost a year and, um, and I, I didn't break up with him thinking that we would get back together. I was just like, you know, I loved him, but I just felt like the timing wasn't right. And, um, I was okay with that. And I, I remember telling people, I said, when he's 28, he's going to be the catch of a lifetime. Like just watch whatever girl gets him at that age. But I didn't want to wait for those, those years for him to kind of catch up to the man you know, I knew he was going to be and, you know, everything happens and we cross paths again. And like I said, that's, it's like a whole story, but, um, I truly always tell people if it's meant to be, it'll be. Mm, that's exactly right. And, um, it's perfect pairing too, because he's a fashion photographer, isn't he? You being yeah. a stylist. Yeah. We should, we get to work together and he understands my crazy and my hours. So it's really nice. Lovely. And then how did Ian propose? So we went to Tulum for my 30th birthday and just had the best vacation. And on our five-year anniversary, we went to Tulum again. And I had an inkling that it was going to happen, but it was um, our anniversary dinner. So he had rented out like the top floor of Hobby Toss. They have a restaurant and he had rented it out and there were flowers everywhere and candles everywhere. But I just thought it was like an anniversary dinner. And so he proposed to me over that dinner on like the roof of this hotel. Oh, wow. And so you said you might have had an inkling, but it was, was it something that you'd noticed with him in the weeks leading up to this? Or um, was it just on the day that you thought, mm, maybe there's more going on than dinner? It was little things. It was um, like one of his guy friends came over who like, you know, guys who just are oblivious to everything. And he came over and he was like, so you excited for Mexico? I was like, yeah. He was like, it'd be a great trip. I was like, I think so too. And it was just these really small, short conversations. Like my mom, like in my family, family comes first. 
and we had this big family affair. And I think it was like a cousin's wedding and something. And it was a Friday night dinner. And we were talking about going to Mexico before or after the wedding. And my mom was like, you could go to Mexico before. It doesn't matter if you miss the Friday night dinner. Like things that would normally never be okay. Because obviously she was in on it as well. My mom was a jewelry designer and made the ring. So she wanted me to get engaged before so we could all celebrate as a family, you know. And it was just all these little things that I kind of felt like people – You know, like I had it in my gut that it was going to happen soon. And these little small conversations that kind of made me feel like it was going to. That's, that's amazing. And so, and he had proposed at dinner um, and then you headed off for your family um, for the wedding as well. So you got to celebrate with your family. Yes, I, no, we, he ended up proposing after, so I didn't. Um, I don't think I saw my family. I think I had to FaceTime everyone. And um, so you'd been, you got engaged and then, you know, how did you kind of start the wedding process? Like what did you envision for your wedding? So we really like, we love to travel. He's been countless times to Asia and me to Europe. And, you know, we really didn't feel like it was something that we wanted to ask everyone to do a destination wedding, but we really wanted like something that was like rustic and authentic and old world. So um, there was times where we wanted to go to Palm Springs to have our wedding. We looked at beautiful castles in um, Santa Barbara and Ojai. And um, we just really wanted that feeling. There's actually an account called The Lane, which is like my, was like my number one inspo. It's my favorite wedding account. And I think they're actually Australian based. I'm obsessed with the town. And um, when we decided on our location, just the real inspiration was bringing that feeling of like old world castle garden, you know, vibe into the into the ballroom. It was nearly like a bit of a romantic French garden vibe, wasn't it? Those were exactly the words I used. Yeah. <laughs> And so you had decided upon getting married in Santa Monica in the end. And then to do all that, did you, did you have to hire a planner or did you do all this yourself? So we hired a planner. However, um, my mom and I really did all of the planning. She kind of coordinated the details, but we... I would say we did the planning. Yeah, yeah. And it's it, it, it sometimes when you've got a background that you're, you and Ian have, um, it, it kind of, you've got a very strong idea of what you may want it to look like. So it might have just been easier to have somebody on the ground working there and fulfilling the vibe that you guys wanted to have for your day without you having to do it yourselves. Well, certainly, and that's what I kept saying was that you know, how was a party planner going to pick out my invitations or pick out my dresses or their suits or the flowers or the tables? Like, it was all our vision. So, you know, the party planner was important to help coordinate things, but, you know, all of the details had to run by through us. Yeah, absolutely. And so the flower, I mean, we can get to the flowers. The flowers were incredible. However, your dresses, because there were four of them, were 
probably one of you know the most magnificent things about your wedding day the choice of the dresses that you've got and you know the reason that you wore each one so tell us a little bit about the process of finding you know your ceremony to your after party dress and kind of why you picked the ones that you did so I guess going back to what I said in the intro was that I really didn't know if I wanted to be simple or over the top fashion, you know, there's designers like Ralph and Rose Russo and even Vera Wang, who I wore, who do really extravagant dresses and, you know, all of the fashion. And I wanted Vivian Westwood and I, I wanted all of this fashion. And at the same time, I also wanted to be like really elegant and really minimal. So I just got really torn between, um, doing something that was super fashion and then something that was really timeless and romantic and very wedding vibe. Um, you know, you look back at your parents and my mom and the, the lace dress that she wore, which we like always said I was going to use that lace and the last minute couldn't find her dress. But I was kind of torn between those two worlds of fashion and then traditional that it took me a long time to figure out what I was going to wear. So in that process, we went to so many appointments. I mean, I went to every Carolina Herrera, Oscar Lorenza, Vera Wang, but I went to them in New York and LA and back in New York. And then I went to like boutiques that carried like tons of different brands at the same time. There was this Reem Acra that I was like in love with. So um, that whole process like went on for a while and I kept falling in love with different designs. And then I got really kind of fixated that I was going to design my own dress. I talked to a fellow stylist and she was like why if, if you're a stylist and you have the means why would you not design your own dress and then it looks exactly like you'd want it to be so I was like of course that's what I have to do so then I started designing my own dress and it was through all of these this process that we kept falling in love with different things and I just kind of realized that there was a lot of different sides of me that maybe there wasn't just one answer and that's how it turned into like having many dresses. Uh, amazing. So you had your ceremony dress, which was Vera Wang and those sleeves were incredible. Was that, was that something that you worked with, with, with her? Yeah. So that was the first dress that I committed to. So I had been back and forth and, once again, I kept falling in love with like dramatic and then traditional. And so the silhouette was a very, so what happened was actually I found the sleeves. I was like, what are these sleeves? Cause I had worn an engagement dress by Rosario that had these sleeves and I just never felt better. It felt sexy, but covered. I just love these sleeves. And so the Vera team had told me that these sleeves had gone around the world from, you know, Italy to China to New York and no one wrote them. No one ordered the sleeves in the whole entire bridal market and they were going to, this was the last stop and they were being cut from the line. And I was in love with the sleeves because that was the other big thing is that a lot of the lace was very floral and pretty girl. And I kept feeling like all these laces like weren't my lace. And then this Vera Wang lace, it was like a gothic um lace so it just had very like an old world vibe so I fell in love with the sleeves and we designed this whole dress I was laying on the floor with like the head of Vera Wang PR and we were laying there and we're like tying this here and tying this there and draping this I mean we came up with so many different designs 
And then finally, we ended up kept changing it, and we found this one silhouette that she already had. So we incorporated the lace into the very top of the silhouette, and then out of the sleeves. And I was like the only bride that had that dress. I mean, because we put it together, but also because no one ever wrote the sleeves. And then fast forward, she told me that brides have come in like so many times and being like, there's this one dress that this girl wore. And they're like, the Danny Michelle dress. And they're like, yeah. yeah. And now the sleeves have like gone into production and so many people have like ordered them. Oh, oh wow. wow. It's incredible because it, it's one of those hard things when you've got a dress that is so detailed, what you need to pair it back with is really hard, but your veil that cathedral veil was that from Vera Wang as well yeah so we knew it's really hard to mix crepe and lace we knew that we had to find ways to incorporate it all together so the veil is what sold me when I had the sleeves and the veil I was like this is me this is my drama this is my lace like it's happening and kind of finding the right body was and tying it together because originally the lace was going to like drape through the whole top of the corset then it was going to be overlaid on top of the whole dress. Like we went through so many different ideas. And then at the end, we decided just to have a little bit peeking over the top. So it felt like a continuous line from one sleeve across the chest to the next sleeve. Um, and then the veil is just like the best thing that ever happened. When I see photos of me and the veil coming from the top of like the stage to the bottom, I like scream because I'm like, that's exactly how I wanted to look. Like it was exactly... It was all of the drama and all the tradition that I wanted. And then um, in that process, though, I fell in love with this Galia Lahav dress. And the Galia Lahav dress actually came with a bunch more bells and whistles, and we kind of stripped it down. And then I was like, okay, now I'm getting the, the leg. Because I knew that I wanted a dress. Originally, the one I designed was going to convert from, like, formal full leg, and then, like, my leg was going to come out. And then that's when that Galia Lahav came about. And that was the second dress I confirmed. And um, I took so many fittings for that because I just kept losing weight. So we kept making it smaller and smaller. And like by the end, it was like miniature, this dress. And we at the last minute put the diamond bow on because at first I was thinking maybe no diamond bow. And um, it was funny when people talked to me about my dresses, everyone has a different favorite, but a lot of people love that dress. And I was hesitant because it's very not bridal I felt and people loved that one yeah it's a statement piece though and I think people love it because it's a bit of a statement but it's still really really elegant and it's one that a lot could potentially relate to yeah I mean that was I kept calling that my party dress that was like you know it was sexy my it was like back open leg out diamonds like it was full full on I love the split that was Amazing. And then your um, third dress, tell us about that. So um, I did a story with Vogue and Sasha Samzanova before my wedding, about two weeks before, where I called in all these gowns like Giambattista Valley, that huge pink one, um, Victor and Rolf, which was the big ball gown, Vivian Westwood, um, Ralph and Rousseau, um, a ton of different dresses, I think. And then I wore a Vera Wang. I wore maybe like seven different dresses and when um, Ian was in the shoot with me and he saw me in this big like tutu big ball gown dress by Victor and Rolf and he was like this is like 
incredible on you. And that was like that bride look where it was like a big, you know, top of the cake wedding dress. And it was the opposite of what I was doing. And I got like panic that like, oh my God, what if he wants me to be quincident, quince, quintessential bride, you know, like the big tutu bottom. And he just kept telling me how much he loved it on me. And I was like, well, would you like want me to wear this? And I just didn't see myself walking down the aisle in it. And then at the same time, I didn't see myself doing, because the way that my sleeves were, I, it was really kind of hard to do my first my first dance in it. It just didn't look good with my arms up. So he knew about this dress and he loved it so much that I asked Victor and Rolf if I could wear it to my wedding and they said yes. And so we tailored it to me. And after I got married, I wore my Vera Wang first. I did cocktail hour in my Vera Wang. I did the first bit of dancing in the Vera. And then when they pulled me to do our first dance, oh no. So maybe cocktail hour. And then they pulled me to do the first dance. My assistants helped me change into the big Victor and Rolf. I came out, did my first dance and the horror in that dress. Then I went back to my Vera Wang and wore that from like nine till 10. And then at 10, I put on my, my Golly Laha party dress and I wore that till midnight. Oh my gosh. Wow. So lots of changing. <laughs> and then at midnight, I put on a mini dress that I custom made. I finally got to custom make my dress. My tailor, who I always work with for years, we made um, this little mini dress, but there's like literally barely no photos because we were just getting wild. And I don't think anyone took pictures. No, do you know what? Nothing good happens after midnight, though, that we need to take photos of. So <laughs> I reckon the three, yeah, I reckon the three dresses that, you know, you had worn at all the different times without your day was just incredible. And even when you look at your photos as a collective, it doesn't look as if anything's really chopping and changing. Like they eat, each dress suited you so beautifully and for the time you know that you were wearing them it was it was perfect yeah I think it's an interesting part just again like so many people ask me as a stylist like you have clients are so different like how do you get in everyone's head you know how do you like find these pieces of you and I think it's because there's so many different elements of me and I feel like there was a part of me in each of those dresses they were and that's why it was like hard to find like something traditional, something dramatic, something sexy, something fun, like some all these elements in one. And so I think that it was just the perfect, you know, solution to wear multiple. <laughs> and then um, with your makeup and hair, I, I noticed that you kind of went for quite an undone kind of look with your hair. Yeah, I kept telling. Um, so it, it was funny. I did a bunch of hair tests and. Um, one of my best friends, his husband did my hair. He's an incredible hairstylist. And I just kept telling him, like, I wanted to be a cool bride. I wanted to be cool. And that was like the whole MO. And at the last moment, he pulled this like little bang forward and like this little like sliver piece. And there's a, a photo where I'm like about to step on the stage and it's like the hair is there and it's like my favorite photo. And I'm just like, that little piece of hair, like it made all the difference. <laughs> and so with your um with the rest of your suppliers so you said you had a, a planner slash coordinator but how did you go about finding certain suppliers did you have you know 
Laura's, her name um, was Lisa. Her company is called Exora. I still use her to this day. She literally de- delivered flowers to someone today for me. Like she, it was so incredible. Um, you know, I had all of these tears and references and she just brought it to life, like in an extraordinary way. And she came with her own unique ideas and recommendations. And she is the one that had like, she did our linens, our plates, you know, our, all of our glassware, um, our chairs, like she did everything. She did the whole entire build out of all the floral work. And um, I mean, I would recommend her time and time again. I, I'm still using her. She is phenomenal. And had you had known about her before you had started the planning process or is this someone? No, the coordinator suggested her. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Amazing. Amazing. And so within all your suppliers and all your choices, um, Tell us a little bit about how, did you find anything challenging with with the process and how you were booking people or, or you know, what you guys were having to deal with as you were planning your wedding? Um, I think the hardest thing was the location because we really wanted, I wanted it to feel like our own getaway. I had family and friends coming so far. I mean, it was around the world people came and everyone except for our dear friends were from out of town. So I really wanted somewhere that people felt like we were all together the whole weekend and I'm not just seeing them for six hours on the wedding day. So finding the location I thought was hardest because um, in Palm Springs and in Santa Barbara, there's a 10 PM sound ordinance. and I knew I wanted a late wedding um there was a lot of restrictions on people sometimes there's only 90 people and we had over 200 so finding the location took the longest and that was the most troublesome besides that um everything really came together quite easily with band and florists and invitations I mean my mom had her little wedding binder book and she was just on top of all of it seems like your mom helped out a lot with the planning process yeah, Does she I have mean, the same kind of creative talent as you? I I got it all from her. She actually um, owned a floral business for several years. She never worked there or did anything with it, but it was just under kind of her umbrella. And we've always had fresh flowers in our house like every week. And so um, she knew like hands down what needed to happen and who could execute that as well like in her she used to have a store and they did all custom stationery so she knew what stationery she wanted to use so there were so many things among her tastes like I would always be like okay I defer to you to like what plates were right what glassware was right you know she came just from such a, a well manicured background and lifestyle that she really kind of guided me through it all yeah, it's nice. It would have been really nice to have had somebody, you know, that you're as close to as your mom, being able to bounce your ideas off and making sure that it was all working and cohesive and reining you in if you needed it and letting you run if you wanted to as well. So it would have been a really nice experience to be able to have done that with her. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's certainly those things that happen reeling me in and you know, and it's hard because you're stressed out. And so sometimes when you're so close to someone, you could bicker because it's just, you don't have those guards between you, you know, but there was no one that I would rather their approval or their opinion in the world than her. So 
Um, it was stressful at times, but definitely I wouldn't have changed ever doing it with her. Oh, lovely. And then if we start with the wedding day, so setting kind of the scene, it was a black tie affair. Um, and, you know, how did your morning kind of, you know, roll out, you know, when you woke up in the morning, what kind of happened? So we um, stayed at the hotel the night prior. And so when everyone woke up, um, my girlfriends came over like right away. I'm not sure it was like nine or 10. I I actually went to bed that night um, and I couldn't sleep too well. And I woke up um, just feeling like really like light, you know, at that point, I just, I was like skinnier than I had ever been. So I just was like, I just didn't feel really strong and I didn't sleep well. So I had, I remember having, getting in the bath and taking a bath at like eight in the morning and having like a blueberry smoothie and like steamed kale. I was like the quintessential skinny bride. <laughs> and then I started to feel better. I took some like, like holistic medicine. I felt a lot better. And then the day just started. My girlfriends all came over. I got everyone like silk pajamas. We had like black silk robes and then we had like white silk pajamas with everyone's name monogrammed on it. And so we kind of like took photos. We got ready in our silks and then we took photos like in our black robes and just like had a full glam day. We had lunch, you know, in the suite and my mom just set it up. So it was like a perfect girl hang. And then the guys were in another conference room and they were having all their, I mean, I saw videos and Ian was drinking like a drink and we went backwards and I looked and I was like, you were drinking? He was like, <laughs> one drink. And so the boys and the girls were totally separate and we, I wanted no reveal. I wanted him to see me for the first time when I came down the aisle. So we didn't see each other all day. And, um, you know, it's funny because you're getting ready at 10 a.m. for a 5 p.m. event, but then like somehow there just like wasn't enough time. And before we knew it, it was like 3 p.m. Like we were short on time for photos. It was like the stress and the drama that happened the hour before was just, I mean, the time flew by. So it was like fun and games in the beginning. And then it was just like manic in the last hour. And then you said you had a late ceremony. So a five o'clock ceremony um, was, was a long traditional ceremony. Was it short and short and sweet? Um, I'm Jewish and we had a rabbi marry us. And so I definitely wanted them to just discuss on like the importance of tradition and, you know, just have good roots to it, but it wasn't overly, um, you know, there were a few prayers in Hebrew, I think, but it wasn't overly religious in that respect. So I think it was like a 30 minute ceremony. Maybe everyone came at five. I think I walked at five fifteen. Um, I don't recall anyone coming in late. I feel everyone was there. The ceremony was about half an hour and then everyone moved from the ceremony into this entrance room, like to like for the cocktail hour. And then they flipped the whole room, um, into the ballroom. So behind the side walls were all the trees and the tables and everything. And about during an hour of cocktail hour, they they just flipped the room and then we re-entered into this like magic French garden. It was really the words I kept using. I was wanting to be a French garden. That's incredible because you had an aisle that was lined with these incredibly beautiful 
white and green flower pods and you know your arbor behind you or your chopper that you stood under was just covered so for them to flip the room in an hour and turn it into the magical scene for your reception was incredible yeah I mean we had so we had live trees I think we had five or six live trees which means that like they're a real tree and then they're taken down and then they're cut apart and then because you have to like move them so then they were moved on a truck and then they were reassembled back in the ballroom so there was like five real trees all different sized tables um candelabras like on every table the whole entire aisle all of those um oh i can't remember the name they're these wild flowers which i i had flowers like oozing out people's hands like in the in the um, the bridesmaids walk down with. And so all of those aisle flowers were repurposed in front of the um, band. So the band was kind of floating on the same stage that we got married in with all of those wild flowers in the front of them. And then the huffa, which had all of the wild flowers that we got married underneath, those flipped around to the entrance so everyone walked through them when they came in incredible and so yeah, amazing and then you danced the night away and you had an after party you said yeah so after the wedding we had these epic djs the pozo girls come and they dj'd from 12 to 2. that's amazing and then so you stayed in the same space and you had the, those guys turn up for yeah, they just, um, the girls kind of set up a DJ booth, maybe towards like the last song or whatever. And um, and then it was just like a really quick transition where it went. Because, you know, with the live band, you have such an energy between, you know, the singers and the drums. And it just, it's like such a, a volume of just like energy. And then the DJ, it gets like more electronic and you can just feel a shift. And I think it would like happen, people kind of realize after like two songs that like the energy had changed. And then there were these two gorgeous girls and they were in these like black blazers, like very Helmut Newton feeling. And everyone was like, who are the hotties at the bar? Like every man there was dancing just to look at the DJs, I swear. (laughs) (laughs) So it would be, I mean, this is kind of like, it's a really hard question to ask, but do you have a favorite part or a standout part from your wedding day that still gives you goosebumps? I mean, you had so many incredible bits and pieces that came together to make the day what it was. Um, I think that the two things um, that kind of make me like so excited is um, my flowers. Like I just, it was such a vision. It was pulled like from all these references that just came to life, like the room itself, there is nothing I would change in the room. Like it's, and that's like the best feeling to have. And then I think just also um, my dresses, like I was, it took me a long time to get there. And, you know, the biggest thing that I wanted to feel is that I didn't want to look back and felt like I missed the mark. I didn't want to look back and feel like I did something wrong or that I wasn't in shape how I wanted to look, um, that my hair wasn't right, my makeup wasn't right, and to like go back and look and to feel like you still appreciate it and it's exactly how you wanted to look. You've been waiting for this day since you were a child and to feel like you did it how you did it right is just such a good feeling. And with it, you know, it seems 
like the perfect wedding, but were there any, you know, disasters that happened on the day or anything that perhaps, you know, you might have regretted or? The only thing with just some misses that like no one else really saw was um, like my cu- the cake cutting. Like it was like 1130 and, and the planner like were just like forgot about it. And so like my cake didn't get cut till like 1130 and it was like in the side of the room. But listen, while it was happening, we didn't realize I, there I was dancing. I was having the best time and someone grabbed me and they're like, come cut your cake. And I was like, okay, like you didn't. Nothing felt wrong. Everything felt right. Um, And then my parents, like somehow the videographer missed my parents giving their speeches to me, which was like another like whole shebang. But, um, you know, you're, you're in the moment and everything is, you're just filled with so much love and so much excitement that, you know, I guess to any bride, like nothing's going to be perfect, perfect. There's always going to be something like, I, I'm, I mean, maybe someone's lucky enough to have a perfect wedding, but there's always going to be something to any job you do, anything in life. And you just have to like know that if you get 99 things right, like focus on the 99 things, not that one thing that went wrong, you know? That's exactly right. Yeah. And I suppose that's the advice for future brides, isn't it? And there's always going to be something. And if you focus on it, it will become a big thing. But, you know... If you don't and you focus on the good things, then what's not to enjoy? Certainly. And, you know, I mean, even my husband and I, like, at the end of the night, so our staircase, like, walking into the wedding was just, like, oozing with wildflowers as well. Like, the reason why we picked this location was because the ballroom had these super salt tall ceilings with all this crown molding everywhere and chandeliers that hung, and it felt like we were in a ballroom of a castle, and it had this double staircase, so we just had flowers, like flowers and candles coming down the whole staircase, wild, wrapped around the railing, down the steps, and you were just entering into our garden. And at the end of the night, it was just the two of us, and we just like sat there walking on the stairs, like sitting on the stairs, like not wanting it to end. And, you know, it just goes by so fast. And, you know, my my biggest thing, I wish I could just go back and like, make it last longer I don't know do you have any words of advice for any future brides or grooms out there listening and and you know loving your day and what what would you give them as a piece of advice um as far as what you wear less is more um as far as family you know just remember whoever is helping pay for it that it's a lot of money and um, just appreciate, you know, what they're doing for you. I think as far as friends and family know that it also takes a lot out of them to come be with you. So appreciate um, everyone and know how much they love you to be with you and to soak it all in because it goes so fast. And I know that's what everyone says, but you know, all good things come and go. And it just, it really goes so fast. Oh, well, Danny, thank you so much for joining us. It was, um, it was unreal to relive, well, for you to relive, but for us to vicariously live your wedding day through you. And, you know, it just looked absolutely beautiful and you cooled it off to the nines. It was amazing. Every dress was phenomenal. So thank you for joining us. Thanks for your time. 
Thank you. And if everyone wants to relive that day, I have a video with my highlights of my Instagram. It's only two minutes. And I feel like you'll see everything I talked about. And I think that um, one of my best friends edited the video for us at Spread House. And it's just, it really is like the whole night in one moment. So watch the video and you can relive it too. We will. Thank you so much. Thanks, Jenny. Jenny. Enjoy your day. Thank you, guys. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the You and Me podcast. If you're after any of the suppliers mentioned in today's episode, you can head on over to our Instagram page at the You and Me podcast and jump into our episode release where we've tagged all these incredible suppliers featured in this interview. If you're a bride or groom and would like to chat to us about having your wedding featured on the You and Me podcast, you can send us a submission DM to our Instagram page at the You and Me podcast titled Real Couple Submission or message us on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash the You and Me podcast. Leaving reviews, rating the episodes, sharing the love with all your loves and subscribing to our podcast really helps us to continue producing the amazing content designed just for you. So don't be shy. You can also follow our ordinary lives with Andy over at The Bridal Journey and Laura at Wonderlust Creative. Thanks for joining. Thanks for joining.